at which time he collected debts and took orders in the north, going from London to Edinburgh, from Edinburgh to Glasgow, from Glasgow back to Edinburgh, and thence to London by the smack. You are to understand that his second visit to Edinburgh was for his own pleasure. He used to go back for a week just to look up his old friends, and what with breakfasting with this one, lunching with that, dining with a third, and supping with another, a pretty tight week he used to make of it. I don't know whether any of you gentlemen ever partook of a real substantial hospitable Scotch breakfast, and then went out to a slight lunch of a bushel of oysters, a dozen or so of bottled ale, and a noggin or two of whisky to close up with. If you ever did, you will agree with me that it requires a pretty strong head to go out to dinner and supper afterwards. But, bless your hearts and eyebrows, all this sort of thing was nothing to my uncle. He was so well-seasoned that it was mere child's play. I have heard him say that he could see the Dundee people out any day and walk home afterwards without staggering. And yet the Dundee people have as strong heads and as strong punch, gentlemen, as you are likely to meet with between the poles. I've heard of a Glasgow man and a Dundee man drinking against each other for fifteen hours at a sitting. They were both suffocated as nearly as could be ascertained at the same moment. But with this trifling exception, gentlemen, they were not a bit the worse for it. One night, within four and twenty hours of the time when he had settled to take shipping for London, my uncle supped at the house of a very old friend of his, a Bailey, Mac something, and four syllables after it, who lived in the old town of Edinburgh. There were the Bailey's wife, and the Bailey's three daughters, and the Bailey's grown-up son, and three or four stout, bushy-eyebrowed, canny old Scotch fellows that the Bailey had got together to do honour to my uncle and help to make merry. It was a glorious supper. There were kippered salmon, and fin and haddocks, and a lamb's head, and a haggis, a celebrated Scotch dish, gentlemen, which my uncle used to say always looked to him when it came to table very much like a cupid's stomach, and a great many other things besides that I forget the names of, but very good things notwithstanding. The lassies were pretty and agreeable. The Bailey's wife was one of the best creatures that ever lived, and my uncle was in thoroughly good cue the consequence of which was that the young ladies tittered and giggled, and the old lady laughed out loud, and the bailey and the other old fellows roared till they were red in the face the whole mortal time. I don't quite recollect how many tumblers of whisky toddy each man drank after supper, but this I know, that about one o'clock in the morning the bailey's grown-up son became insensible while attempting the first verse of Willie Brood a Pecker Malt, and he having been for half an hour before the only other man visible above the mahogany, it occurred to my uncle that it was almost time to think about going, especially as drinking had set in at seven o'clock, in order that he might get home at a decent hour. But thinking it might not be quite polite to go just then, my uncle voted himself into the chair, mixed another glass, rose to propose his own health, addressed himself in a neat and complimentary speech, and drank the toast with great enthusiasm. Still nobody woke, so my uncle took a little drop more, neat this time to prevent the toddy from disagreeing with him, and laying violent hands on his hat, sallied forth into the street. It was a wild, gusty night when my uncle closed the bailey's door, 
and settling his hat firmly on his head to prevent the wind from taking it, thrust his hands into his pockets, and looking upward, took a short survey of the state of the weather. The clouds were drifting over the moon at their giddiest speed, at one time wholly obscuring her, at another suffering her to burst forth in full splendour and shed her light on all the objects around, anon driving over her again with increased velocity and shrouding everything in darkness. Really, this won't do, said my uncle, addressing himself to the weather, as if he felt himself personally offended. This is not at all the kind of thing for my voyage. It will not do at any price, said my uncle very impressively. Having repeated this several times, he recovered his balance with some difficulty, for he was rather giddy with looking up into the sky so long, and walked merrily on. The Bailey's house was in the...